0: Everywhere around us, we see people, politicians, and church leaders making colossal mistakes in both their public and their personal lives. Tragically, many church leaders have lost their moral compass. Anti-Semitism is common in many denominations, and all these errors are due to a lack of understanding and wisdom. Every moral failure, every tactical blunder, every fall from grace can be traced to a lack of wisdom. The times have become so turbulent that I find myself on a daily basis asking God for more wisdom. So let's examine what the Bible teaches about this increasingly rare gift and why you need wisdom to succeed in life. The Jerusalem Channel is made with the support of you, our viewers. Thank you for watching. Hello, I'm Christine Darick, and thanks for spending time with me in the pursuit today of divine wisdom on all sorts of matters ranging from your own personal lives to what's going on in the Middle East. We do need to understand the times wisely in order to be accurate watchmen upon these walls. I see some bizarre things going on in the churches. There's a course being given for ministers in England to learn how to be virtual stand-up comics, to try, sadly, to attract A congregation to their sermons. Openly heretical things are happening in many of the churches. And in the Middle East there are unbelievable threats aimed against the ancient people of God, this Jewish nation, for no other reason that they've obeyed God and returned to their homeland in these last days, just as the Bible predicted. The return of the Jews has ruffled a lot of feathers. But here's the important question to ask. Is the return of the Jews just a coincidence? Or is the God of Israel part of the equation? Is he, in fact, behind the Aliyah, the influx of Jews back to the Middle East that's creating a crisis for the Arabs? Have the Jews already paid double for their sins? As the Isaiah prophecy goes in chapter 40 of the book of Isaiah, And has God promised now to restore his people prior to the second coming of Jesus, right on schedule? Well, let's take a moment to look at Isaiah 40, and I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. It says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, and that her iniquity is pardoned for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Well, it requires the wisdom in the mind of God to understand these truths. We're not talking about knowledge and we're not talking about philosophy in this program. Wisdom is different from knowledge and philosophy. Wisdom is knowing when God is involved in a matter. Wisdom is having the biblical understanding of what's right and what's wrong and what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. Concerning the return of the Jews, either we go with the flow of what God's allowing to happen or we will end up being hostile to God, angry and perhaps even fighting against God himself. So how do we get wisdom to understand the times and to know how to live our lives? Without scandal. The theme of the book of Proverbs in the Bible is how to gain wisdom for living. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But we have to ask, do biblically illiterate people nowadays really understand that expression, the fear of the Lord? You see, the Bible describes a concept of the fear of the Lord that's drastically different from, say, fearing the actions of a terrorist or a murderer or a rapist or some other dangerous situation. In the Bible sense, the fear of the Lord is deep, holy reverence. The fear of the Lord means to stand in awe of the Almighty, the one who created us. People no longer seem to have a fear of God nor a fear of the consequences for maligning and touching and speaking against his anointed servants and ministers. Instead, we're living in an age of cyber bullies and cyber cranks. We have to be so discreet what we put on Twitter and Facebook and the Internet because things can come back to haunt us in a digital museum. I've been reading a book called Glass Jaw. It's a manifesto for defending fragile reputations in an age of instant scandal. The author makes the point that not just the rich and famous, but ordinary people find themselves on the receiving end of disproportionate humiliation these days. Sadly, the Bottom line is that most of the problems of scandals simply boil down to a lack of wisdom, a lack of good judgment, and just sound good old common sense. So many people implicate themselves with silly photos and even outright stupid images on the Internet, and these poor decisions are memorialized by enemies who are all too motivated as hate and scandal mongers. Slander has always been a problem, but in the age of the internet, the fallout from slander is multiplied. The sheer number of messes going on is staggering, from giant corporations down to single individuals. There's damage of reputation. It's a big phenomenon that ruins lives and careers, ministries, businesses, marriages and families. The new reality is that the so-called little guys get a perverse pleasure out of injuring the big guys. But in most of the cases, people are simply too unwise and they have lacked the discretion to keep themselves in check. So how do we develop discretion? One of my greatest mentors stays focused on his calling and doesn't allow himself to take on every battle And he doesn't allow himself to get dragged down into the mud of many extraneous issues. He stays focused on the gospel. So in Proverbs, uh, chapter 4 and verse 7, is a key scripture. It says that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all of your getting, get understanding. In this verse, the Bible exhorts and commands us, to pursue biblical wisdom. And so that means divine wisdom is obtainable. We might not have the highest IQ in the world, but even a simple person can acquire deep wisdom because wisdom is an acquired taste and it's granted by God when we ask for it. The Bible says wisdom is the best choice of all the things we can pursue in life. There's so many ministers that are are trying to make a name for themselves, but wisdom is what we need to pursue. There are three things about the true nature of wisdom that we must distinguish. First of all, the Bible says wisdom is not synonymous with a lot of book knowledge. And secondly, it's not merely the equivalent of adequate that we've learned somewhere in a finishing school or because of our pedigree. Third point is that true wisdom consists in reverence of divine truths, the knowledge of God, and a right heart relationship to God. Wisdom from God helps us to do the right thing and to discern good from evil. And do we ever need that today? Furthermore, there are two main benefits of acquiring wisdom. First of all, it gives us good character. Wisdom is essential to develop good, stable, and consistent character traits. And secondly, biblical wisdom helps us to avoid evil and wrong associations. Well, we should interact with evil people in order to win them to the Lord, but we don't associate with them. There's a big difference between interaction and association. For example, when you're on Facebook, you receive friend requests. And so I'll often scroll through a person's Facebook postings to assess their character, to see if they should be a friend. And it just astounds me when people who claim to be believers ask for my friendship, and yet they unashamedly have a lot of mixed postings on their Facebook walls. Even sometimes coarse illustrations are sexual innuendo. And so that tells me a lot about the person's wisdom or lack of wisdom. Well, Proverbs 11.22 is a colorful and very direct Bible verse. It says, a beautiful woman without discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. This verse teaches that Beauty and virtue are never to be separated. Beauty and discretion should always be twinned together. A beautiful woman who's indiscreet is really, according to the Bible, an oxymoron. Discretion, nevertheless, seems to have gone with a wind in many quarters, even Christian quarters. To find a Bible-believing friend who's discreet is a very rare gift indeed. Isn't that sad? But people reveal their secrets to just about anybody who'll listen to them. But the wise will keep counsel in their own hearts and will not give access to just anybody and everybody. Discretion, in many ways, is a byproduct of Bible wisdom. It's a wise man and a wise woman who know how to meet the trials of life and to talk about them with discretion. Now, we all, of course, overstep from time to time because we're prone to make mistakes in a fallen world. And I don't want this teaching to make anybody feel condemned because we're all hopefully going forward and growing and maturing in our spiritual walk, and we're all for sure learning. So, what I want to underscore the most, if anything, is the Bible's simple exhortation. To get wisdom. If the book of Proverbs says get it, then wisdom is something to be got, right? But how? By pursuing and seeking it. And if we feel inadequate, the little book of James in the New Testament gives us some great encouragement. For years, I've relied on James 1 5 in all sorts of difficult and perplexing situations. This verse is one of my standbys because I need so much wisdom all the time. And thankfully, James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and the wisdom shall be given. Isn't that a marvelous verse? God not only promises us wisdom if we ask for it, But he promises to give lots and lots of wisdom, liberal wisdom, without chiding us for asking. In fact, he's waiting for us to ask. Jesus says, we have not because we ask not. So in our ministry through the years, we've mentored all sorts of people and some very colorful and some not so easily corrected. Eventually, the rebellious just eliminate themselves. But the truly wise welcome biblical correction. Because a lot of our assignments from the Lord involve travel into potentially volatile and dangerous regions, we've had to be very careful not to invite troublemakers. The world would call them a loose cannon. The dictionary definition of a so-called loose cannon is actually very edifying. Loose cannons are potentially dangerous people, the dictionary says, because they're unpredictable. And they're liable to cause damage if not kept in check by others. They're very hard to rein in because they always think that they know best. The more attention a person craves, the more difficult they are to mentor. But I've discovered two important categories of blessings that wisdom, if we pursue it, will produce for us. And these blessings are mentioned in Proverbs chapter 4 and verses 5 to 8. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, for she, wisdom, will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Embrace her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. So this passage teaches us two blessings that result from receiving biblical wisdom. The first one is that this divine wisdom will be a guardian for our path in the minefield of this world. Wisdom will protect you. I say all the time that the Holy Spirit's wisdom truly protects, guards, and maintains our ministry. A second blessing of wisdom is rewards. Didn't I just read that? It said that things will go well for us, that you'll be promoted and honored, and you will prosper if you receive divine wisdom. And Psalm 51 in verse 6 is another important verse concerning wisdom. Here King David declared to God, Surely you desire in the inward parts wisdom. You teach me wisdom in the innermost place. You see, God looks much deeper than people do. He looks down right into our hearts. Indeed, we look on the outward appearance of people, but God looks on the heart and What's he looking for? I believe he's looking for absolute sincerity, which is the opposite of religious hypocrisy. He looks for transformed, renewed hearts, hearts that are regenerated by the Holy Spirit who writes the new covenant on our hearts. And he searches us to see if we're open, loyal, and transparent. Derek Prince, of blessed memory, he used to live and teach in Jerusalem and He was highly educated and he had a degree from Cambridge University and so forth. But he always made the point that clever, educated people aren't necessarily the wise ones. You see, cleverness is a matter of the mind, but wisdom goes deeper. Derek said it's possible to have high education and in many ways be a fool. We've got to highly value the worth of wisdom. For example, the book of Proverbs has a lot to teach us on the perils of adultery, which is so common today in which everyone in the ministry, that spirit has to fight from time to time and people and preachers and businessmen and those who travel wouldn't be so quick to jump in bed with somebody else's spouse or secretary if they realize that the Bible warning about adultery will cost you your wealth and your health. Alimony and child support can eat away at your finances and there can be serious medical ramifications brought on by immorality in general, like sexually transmitted diseases. They can eat away at your body, but also you'll be filled with self-recrimination. And the violent effects of the tearing of a divorce on your spouse and on your children who will most likely suffer the worst, are devastating. Lack of peace will hurt your conscience and sexual scandal will cost you your good name. Even though adultery is common today, people still don't take it lightly because in the backs of our minds, we simply cannot trust an unfaithful person who will lie to their spouse. Well, thank God forgiveness is available, but the consequences of adultery continue. The example of King David is so true because the favor of God was upon him and there was peace in his household until he committed adultery with another man's wife. And although God forgave him, if you study his life, you'll see that the consequences of the adultery never left his shattered household. So rather than toying with the idea, it's wise to meditate on the prevention of adultery and sexual abuse. A person's true character is revealed by their morality or immorality. If they want to commit adultery with you, what's to prevent them from committing adultery against you? It's good to think about that if, if you've got this temptation in your life. The Bible commands us to love our own spouse, which means love can be learned and relearned. How much better to be loyal to the Lord in turn from misdirected affection. Proverbs says adultery is so deceptive because it promises pleasure, but it also guarantees a terrible price. So prevention is possible when our first love of God is in place. The Lord blessed Joseph in the book of Genesis because of his faithfulness. Now, one of the areas that we most need wisdom in concerns our conversations. And the book of Proverbs, as well as the New New Testament, have a lot to say about the power of speech, both to tear down and to build up From this book, we learn the value of being careful in all of our speech and conduct to be wise. There's a constructive use of speech as well as a destructive use. And lying is categorized in the Bible as an abomination to God. He calls an abomination lying lips, a lying tongue, and bearing false witness and so forth. Because God hates lying. He knows it will eventually destroy the liar and often the one lied about. And we don't often think of it this way, but flattery is a form of lying. The Bible speaks against flattery. It can be dangerous because it's so deceptive. We all crave genuine compliments and they are refreshing, but we should pay attention to our inner alarm bells if we're receiving too much flattery. Because it's manipulative. Flattery is deceitful praise in order to win somebody's favor and to gain position. The book of Proverbs teaches that flattery can be a source of ruin. But we still don't think of flattery as being something very dangerous, although the Bible says it's controlling. So be aware of it. Please understand that flattery is a characteristic of a seducing spirit. And if you have a tendency to use flattery to try to manipulate people, recognize this and correct it because people will never trust a flatterer. It's it's instinctive. If we want to walk in wisdom, we'll have to learn to moderate our speech in all of these areas. Well, do we truly appreciate the importance and wisdom of the right kind of speech? Also, a lot of the wisdom literature in the Bible concerns honoring our parents. This is another subject that's passed off, unfortunately, in the West as becoming almost uh, irrelevant. And there are both great curses for dishonoring parents, but also great benefits for honoring one's parents. So even if it costs you all you have, the scriptures advise you to pursue wisdom. I'm so glad that in the East they really do know and honor their parents. And that wisdom is there for us to learn when we go into those cultures. I wouldn't want to end this program without saying that the ultimate wisdom is to find the Messiah. You'll find all the wisdom of God in Jesus. His Hebrew name is Yeshua. This is because the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 2:3. One of my favorite verses, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him, Jesus, the Messiah. The treasures of wisdom. Notice he didn't say are hidden from us, but they are for us when we're in Messiah, when we're in Christ. This means the treasures of wisdom are hidden from the proud unbelievers, but they're truly available in the person And through the redemption of Jesus, the Messiah. So to conclude, the Bible promises wisdom regarding friendships, wisdom regarding marriage, wisdom regarding families and work, wisdom regarding substance abuse, money, authority. We're taught wisdom regarding the right moral choices and wisdom regarding the end times. And certainly wisdom regarding how to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and understand what God is doing in these last days by regathering the Jewish people. Aren't the blessings of wisdom worth the effort necessary to obtain them? The Bible admonishes us to seek wisdom like silver and to search for it like hidden treasures. I also encourage you to keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem with real Bible understanding and with the heart of the soon-coming king. Jesus will soon return to rule this world from this city, Jerusalem. Not at the UN headquarters in New York, and certainly not in Rome, nor in Mecca, but here in Jerusalem, the city of the great king. And the world will rule, will be ruled by the Lord with perfect wisdom for a thousand years. The Lord Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, will rule from Jerusalem, this most strategic city. And if you have any doubts about your eternal salvation or your eternal security, the Bible urges you to call upon the Lord while he may yet be found. The Bible teaches, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Yes, this is a true and trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ the messiah who was descended from king david and who was raised from the dead in this city visited this world to save you and me that's the simple uncomplicated good news in him are hidden but revealed all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and faith in him is saving faith when we repent and look to the resurrected Lord, the Lamb of God, as the source of our atonement. I urge you to believe on him without delay and you shall be saved. He also extends his healing hands to you for deliverance from sickness because healing is part of the atonement. We can stay in contact through the social media or at our website, exploits.tv. And at the website, you can also explore our archive of past videos. And you'll find daily updates and headlines in the news and commentary about important events in Israel and the Middle East. And so until next time, earnestly contending for the faith and reminding you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I'm Christine Darg. Shalom. When you visit the Jerusalem Channel website, you can watch all our videos with closed caption subtitles. Select the closed caption logo at the bottom right corner of the video screen and select English. Jerusalem Channel Facebook page you can select closed captions in English, Spanish, Portuguese and Arabic. The Jerusalem Channel YouTube site has closed captions in English.